Hi, Chuck. Guess what? What's that, Courtney? We're on our fifth episode of A Couple Questions. Wow, I would have lost the bet if, if, if I was betting. <laughs> uh, but that's right, and this one's another good one. Yeah, it really is. We learned a lot in this episode talking to Jess and Tracy. Yes, it was interesting getting to know them, and we had a lot of fun talking with them about relationships. True. Uh, one thing I learned when talking to them is that sometimes you just need to look past the angry mopping uh, because the person doing it might be your future partner. Mm-hmm. Well, let's stop introducing and find out what else we learned when we asked a, a couple, couple questions. questions. Are you ready? Yep, let's do this. Gonna ask a couple questions. Gonna get a couple answers. Couple questions. Couple questions. Welcome to episode five of A Couple Questions. Tonight we have Jess and Tracy on with us. Um, Jess and Tracy, could you introduce yourselves? Yeah. Um... I already forgot what we were supposed to say, uh, but that's cool. Um, <laughs> my name is Jess. I am a clinical mental health counselor here in Greeley. I own a small private practice, and yeah, that's about it. My name is Tracy, and I'm a medical assistant surgery scheduler in Loveland Medical Center of the Rockies. And can you tell us how you guys met? We met at work. <laughs> um, we both worked at a, an emergency veterinary clinic in Colorado Springs. I saw her angry mopping one evening. <laughs> so so much judgment. Angry mopping? Apparently. I don't know. I would get in a zone. I had worked there for a long time, and so I was just in a zone doing my thing. They also hired a lot of really stupid people frequently. And so I would just try to ignore them and just get my job done. And so all the things. I was a tree for a little while. Yeah, she was a tree for a little while. A tree? <laughs> yeah, like people that um, you are 100% confident. They have great value to the community as a whole and to the universe as a whole. But when you look at them from a distance, they're just a bunch of them. And they look all alike and have no like real personal value. It's just a tree. <laughs> yeah. I've never heard that phrase. So how long have you been together? Six years. Known each other Six? longer than that. Yeah, we've but... known each other about seven, seven and a half. Yep. Were you friends first? Yeah. <laughs> I, she didn't really know me. She was actually supposed to train me. And she called out sick. Train you on angry mopping? <laughs> right. <laughs> she yeah. was supposed to train me at our, our front desk, and she, she called out intentionally. <laughs> so, I think so. I don't think I did. Actually, actually, she said she did. Not because of me, but she was like, I'm not training one more of the threes. So. Yeah, that's probably true. And then I left entirely. You were gone for yeah. months, and I didn't see her for months, and I was like, okay, whatever. Yeah, I got kind of bored with my job and decided to go take a class for four months in another state. <laughs> She came back, cracked one off-color joke that I was like, well, "We're gonna be, we're gonna be friends." And I sent her a text out of nowhere saying, "At the risk of sounding like a creeper, like, hey, would you like to hang out sometime?" <laughs> and that's how we got to know each other. Yep, true story. <clears throat> and you've got children. I do. Three of them. How old? Eleven. The middle one will be sixteen in October, and then my oldest one will be twenty-one in July. Okay. All right. Uh, our next segment we're going to jump into is uh, rapid fire questions. It's, it's a way, again, so we could get to know you better. Our, our listeners could get to know you better. So think quickly, but then we could have some dialogue or preferably some arguments about some of these. So if you guys could work that in, that'd be wonderful. So first off, who's most likely to deal with the spider? Me, 100%. Yep. Are you afraid of them? <clears throat> I'll deal with yes. them if I have to. <laughs> But too many No, she's eyes. scared of them. Too <laughs> yes. many eyes. Too many I don't eyes. want to deal with it. I concur. <laughs> Who listens to better music? 
Mm, both. Yeah, we have share a lot of the middle ground music. We both have shit music on the outside. <laughs> I don't know if we're supposed to cuss during this. <laughs> this is G rated. We no, both. Have... Explicit, so okay. Like, yeah. <laughs> we both. Yeah. So, wait, give me an example of what shit music is. I was going to ask about middle ground music uh, first. Well, perfect. We can get both. Okay. Can we get the range, please? So, so much flexibility. Uh, there's some weird '80s stuff that I cannot dig. I don't even know I'm what it is. I'm older than she is, so the 80s are mine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And she's got some real down-home country. Yeah, do. yeah, like too ballady, like trying to take my energy down and be less like angsty, but instead it just makes like for tragic. <laughs> and she's like, oh my God, the twang. So yeah, yeah, those, I, those are the things. I, I tried to find a middle ground with a good 80s hairband ballad, but she can't do it, so. <laughs> Not most of them, no. Yeah, meh. So, so what's the middle ground then that you guys can both agree on? Most pop stuff, okay. a little bit of country. rap, a lot of newer country, as long as it's not too repetitious. Like a lot of variety. A lot yeah. of 90s is fine, 2000s is fine. Anything like, acoustic. Oh, yeah. Good. Yeah, I love me some acoustic. <laughs> hardcore. Yeah. Guitars are my friend. Who's more adventurous? Jess. Me, 100%. <laughs> Absolutely. Inwardly, I'm adventurous. You just go on trips in your mind? Inwardly? <laughs> what fun is that? Get your daydreams are extreme or... Right? She, she brings it out in me. She, she gives me kind of some permission to, to actually let that free. So, <laughs> so what's, give me an example of an adventure then, Jess. That... Ooh, um, well, not much anymore because now we have kids and... <laughs> Really eight makes. to five jobs and yeah, boring life-sucking thing no no anyway <laughs> in the good old days jumping out of helicopters that was pretty legit um whitewater kayaking was my jam anything fast and loud mostly dealing with spiders right right but you know the terrifying one centimeter long spiders you know who is most likely to become friends with a stranger in a coffee shop Ooh, depends on how you define friends like chat them up yeah like hey i might hang out with that person someday I'm probably more confident in social situations, but I also have less tolerance for stupid people. And so she's more likely to actually, like, engage with the, the stupid folk than I am. So Thanks. so there's, there's that. <laughs> she's more merciful as a human. Well, that made me sound real good. Thank you. No, it's a good quality. <laughs> All right. Who is the funniest? Yeah, I was going to say her 15-year-old probably has a, Yeah, she probably has. Okay. I feel like I already know the answer to this. I bet you I could guess this one, yeah. too. Who would be more likely to punch someone? Oh, me. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Trade martial arts for a lot of years. <laughs> so. Probably in a coffee shop, maybe, with stupid people in front of you. No, no. No, I I have learned, you know, have safe hands. It matters. Okay, you know? good. Use your words, not your hands. <laughs> Who is the night owl? Uh, both of us. Probably me a little bit more, just because she has a lot of chronic fatigue stuff. Both of us prefer nights over mornings, anytime, every time. Yeah. I go to sleep a lot quicker than her, but I'm up more during, like, up and down. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. I used to just be up solid. Then I had children. Suck the life out of me. <laughs> yeah, same. I can identify with that. Ugh. Yeah. Uh, who reads more? You have to. Yeah, I read more because of school. I think I get bored easier, too, so I probably read more just because trying to create stimulus for my annoyed brain. Who picks better movies? Probably Trace. It's kind of like kind of like music, though. We, we agree on a lot of them. Yeah. Like, in our relationship, I'm going to pick the weird indie film that goes nowhere, and then we're both yeah. like, that was awful. Why did I pick that? 
And, and then I'll pick anything, and then she'll fall asleep halfway through it. So, so it's I, kind of a movie I don't movie even know if it's a way to tell. Like I think we, we gauge it on mood. Mm-hmm. So if like I want to go to a movie or something, I'll look at her and be like, what kind of mood? Like, are we blowing shit up tonight? Or mm-hmm. are we feeling sad? <laughs> like, what are we doing? Are we feeling funny? <laughs> Usually it's, she'll take blowing stuff up every day. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. Kind of the same. Yeah. yeah. It's a little angst. Yeah. Who takes the longest to get ready in the morning? Oh, her Me. by far. Yeah. Not near like I used to. Is it the shower? No, putting on paint and random <laughs> herring things and choosing clothes that match. All my clothes match because they're all black. <laughs> Mostly some of them are gray. <laughs> it depends. Like if I'm getting ready for work, I get ready really quick. I wear scrubs all day, every day, and they always look the same and nothing changes. All right. That was the end of that. That was the end of rapid fire. That was it. We, that was, we succeeded. We succeeded. <laughs> yeah. Well done. We fired rapidly. <laughs> Um, all right, so Chuck and I, we've been together for 24 years. Damn. Um, I know. And we've been married now for 16 years. And it was this very, like, traditional decision, I guess. I met him when I was 19, and we'd been together for a certain length of time. And there was this cultural expectation that that was what we do next. Mm-hmm. Um, and I even hounded him a bit, because that is a cultural expectation, too. Like, <laughs> if you like it, then you should have put a ring on it. So, so here's that story with there is that I, um, Christmas, was it, or your birthday? I bought her a trampoline. And she went, <laughs> I, <forgot> about this. <laughs> I was expecting a different kind of ring. <laughs> I did say that. And then I also did thoroughly enjoy the trampoline. And then we jumped on the trampoline a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so here you are raising kids together, living together, committed to one another in a common law marriage. Do you ever feel that same pressure or do you feel like society puts different expectations on your relationship? For sure. I think there's a, I think there's a lot of societal expectations. Ironically enough, the societal expectations go both ways. Like there's elements of society rejecting the relationship especially from family there's a lot of pushback and a lot of crap that way and because I also do some leadership work in the faith community there's a lot of pushback there a lot of pushback there and and then at the other hand of that there's like people will ask like who's the man in the relationship like weird very heteronormal very cisgender type of structure that people want to put on it as well so it's this weird combination of like on one hand they're like it's not normal enough and the other hand, like, you shouldn't have it at all, but if you have it, it should be normal. So it's very weird mm-hmm. expectations. Um, it's not from our direct community so much. Like, not from our people, necessarily. Mm-hmm. But from our more extended community is where some of those pressures come from. Definitely more in the earlier stages of our relationship. Now most of the people have just given up. Um, <laughs> they're like, they're not going to, it's just, it just keeps going. <laughs> where They're just stuck and it's not going to ever end. <laughs> so, I don't know. I don't know what you have to add to that, Trace. Um, it's mostly, like she said, mostly family kind of pushback. The people that we know, whether they agree, disagree, or whatever, just are more of the, we love you guys for who you are and do what you do, <laughs> you know? So that's a nice aspect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there definitely does seem to be a little bit of shift in the, or there's a little more laxity in the queer culture in regards to relationship status. Like there doesn't seem to be as much pressure as there is in the more heteronormal Mm -hmm. normative structure. Like a lot of our folks, because gay marriage wasn't legalized for so long, so many folks were in a relationship that would be considered a married relationship, but weren't actually technically legally married for so long, it more became normal. And so there's just, I feel like there is more flexibility, less of that like 
okay, when are you done dating and getting married? And then also we were both not 18 either. So like we were both <laughs> older and had already had lives and done the things. Yeah. And I think there's less pressure in that too, in regards to like social norms. Mm -hmm. Maybe you're not part of the social system. So. <laughs> so wait, the question that people ask you, who's the man in the relationship? That's a really dumb question. Yeah. <laughs> what, what kinds of dumb questions do you guys get? Well, the most funny, not just, it was to me particularly, but one of the most funniest questions lately, I was at a counselor gathering and one of the, my fellow counselors came up to me and said, I just wanted to ask you whether I, whether or not you're sideways. And I'm like, I don't know what you mean. <laughs> like, I'm so confused. I don't know. And all these people have master's degrees in professional licensure. Like, that's the type of people we're with right now. And I'm like, um, I, I don't know what you mean. And she's like, she's like, well, like, I'm straight. So are you like sideways? Like, oh, gotcha. Like, that's the correct that's, term or yeah, something she's yeah. asking? Yeah, yeah. Like, that was the only word she could come up with. I'm like, neat. Like, that's that's where we're at. <laughs> wow. We yeah. like, thanks for your question. Let me clarify. <laughs> right. Sideways is not a thing. Wow. I don't walk at an angle. I would fall. <laughs> like, I, I got no skills. It's not a thing. Wow. What language do you prefer when talking about your relationship? I, I heard you say queer. Mm -hmm. Is that the term you would most use to... Probably, okay. yeah. Yeah, I really like the term queer for a couple of reasons. One reason I like it is because it's an umbrella term. Um, so you right. don't have to define, like, are you gay or are you bi or are you pansexual or are you blah, blah, blah. Like, it just gets that... The whole acronym becomes astronomically cumbersome, whereas queer just covers all the things. Um, right. It creates a lot of broadness there. I also like it because it's a redeemed term. And so it's a little bit of a middle finger in the face of the heteronormal society mm -hmm. of like, you can use this as a slur and guess what? Like, we're still here and right. it's fine and you can deal. And now we're using, we're claiming your term as ours. And this is a real easy way to throw something out that doesn't it's, require it's narrowing really down. funny because we've been in a couple of things where they've, she's used the term queer, like just speaking to a group and they like, oh my gosh, you can't say that. And she's like, they will be offended. They always yeah. say they will be offended. I'm like, who is the they? We're, we're the they. It's okay. So when we decided to have a queer couple on the podcast, our yeah. main goal was was to not highlight the, highlight the relationship in regards to sex or gender identities, but instead to just honor that there are many different types of partnerships out there. Totally. But also, we do want to hear about your experience. Yeah. Right. From that, that perspective is very important. Yeah. And also share some of that with our listeners. And and one of the things that I thought of, I guess, that had me go down that road was uh, there was this moment in mine and Chuck's relationship when it was like around 2004. So Colorado had it. You know, we were still 10, we're 10 years away from marriage equality at that point. And we were standing outside this class that we would like part ways every day and we would we would kiss to say goodbye. And there was this moment when I can't even remember which one of it, which one of us it was. Mm -hmm. uh, but one of us pointed out how privileged we were. Um, here we were cisgendered. We were the same race, which happens to be white. Uh, we're hetero. There were like no ramifications for us to kiss goodbye. And we both like had this moment where we were like, huh, yeah. we kind of take that for granted. Mm -hmm. I don't think we had the language for that at the time, but no, we, but we realized not. it in that moment. Are there times when you haven't felt safe to express affection openly or even share that you were in a relationship together? I, I think when we first got together, I was far more okay and eager with being like, this is who I love. Um, she 
was not at that time. There was a lot of family stuff, you know, so I didn't bring that out. Like, we're just close friends. Life is fine, <laughs> you know, um, in respect for her. I, I had told my family. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> my father did ask me to quit. I'm Southern, so my dad did ask me, is she turning you into one of them? That was about the weirdest question I got. And I'm like, turning me into what? <laughs> what is them? What's, what's this all-knowing them? She said yes. <laughs> I'm like, no. Because I identify kind of pan, more pan. Like, I don't make a hard line between genders. Um, doesn't matter to me much. So my father asking me that question and me saying, no, I've known since I was five. I just don't care. You know, like, it's okay. But until she was more comfortable, because she was in a much different family situation. As far as feeling unsafe, personally, not really. I think we've been in situations where it probably was unsafe, and she was far more aware of it than I was. Yeah, I'd been in a couple different um, other gay relationships before her, whereas I was her first, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. She was actually married when I met her. (laughs) So there's that. To a boy. (laughs) Right. (laughs) 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 But um, so I had had the experiences. We were in Colorado Springs and I had had the experience of, you know, walking through the park and having somebody come up to us and telling us we're going to hell because we're holding hands. And I have some religious-y background on my from my family and so some death threats that had come from that and mostly not I mean a little bit of like actual like we're going to kill you but also some more along the lines of like God is going to damn you and God is going to kill you and we don't want to actually do it ourselves because we don't want to go to jail um but we're convinced that he'll do it for us so we don't have to like more along that type of thing so I definitely had a little more caution because I had experienced the the dark side of it. And in a good way, that gave me the opportunity to create a little more of a protective barrier. Mm-hmm. So I knew places we could and couldn't go as a couple in the Springs, especially. And then when she was able to move away from the Springs and move up here, I already had a spaces created that were safe for her and I, and even more importantly for the mm-hmm. kiddos, because that's where we probably get the most pushback is um, your leading your kids to hell like that seems to be even stronger pushback Mm -hmm. like some freedom like if you guys want to screw your own life up that's fine but you're destroying these poor innocent lives like that seems to be where some of the the harder pushback has been so needing to be very intentional when she moved up here of like do we have safe schooling options do we have safe faith space options church options if we decide to do that Mm -hmm. are there grocery stores we can go to like just very intentional things because if and kids don't like toe the line of fake very well and so like her and I could pretend to not be together if we needed to be in a situation but especially our little guy like he's gonna say when he was younger especially he'd say whatever and so you can't count on him to hold any sort of (laughs) secret or any sort of anything so that's you know so definitely there was that ability learning the hard way in earlier relationships made me far more capable of creating some buffers in this relationship and then once you create that enough of a community like it's not really much of an issue anywhere now other than when we go to the springs we it's just the springs and it's stupid (laughs) nice okay thank you now i know this question's a bit ironic since we have you here answering questions but do you ever feel like as a couple you're asked in certain contexts to just be the spokesperson for the whole queer community i think you are more than i am we, we kind of joke about it a little bit that we're 
give off the straightest gay couple vibe. Like we're we're ex- like there's something that just is okay enough for some reason. Like so you're more approachable or something then. Yeah, that you know. We're not. We seem more normal. We're not. Quote, a, not offensively queer. <laughs> like we're straightish queer, at times. <laughs> And that's actually like a concern for folks. Yeah. 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 It's, it's this interesting line to walk because in some ways it can be an awesome opportunity because it allows access. Like I work with a lot of first responders and that group can be, can really struggle with the queer community. And so the ability to be in their midst and then be like, oh, like it's a great place to, to teach and to help people help normalize things. But there's also some sh- a little bit of paying in that, of knowing that some of our more, uh, I think you can be more queer, like you either are or you aren't, but, but like <laughs> some less normatively queer folks would be more offensive. And so there's that, that awareness. And also some of our less normative folks aren't safe to speak in those spaces. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times I've, I'm like, oh, I, this person would love to do this. And they actually don't feel like they have the internal safety or the external safety to do that. And there is things like the color of my skin and now my education and, and other things that have bought a level of privilege that gives us barriers um, that provide safety that allows us to be in more spokespo- spokesperson-y roles. Blah, blah, I can't poster, talk. Poster um, children. Yeah. <laughs> so it's both good and bad. But yeah, yeah. thanks. So I grew up with kind of a different family dynamic. My father wasn't around for most of my childhood. And because of that, sometimes there were things that happened in schools or in my community that made me feel like I didn't fit in. So there would be things like father-daughter dances or, you know, events where the dad's supposed to walk you out onto the field for senior night in sports. And these, you know, these events, while well-intentioned, often excluded my family structure at that time and made me feel like I was somehow the other. As educators, Chuck and I, we... Mm -hmm. We really have to be thoughtful about this in schools. Are there changes you're seeing or have experienced in schools, society, or even in faith communities where you feel like your family structure is affirmed and honored? And then are there areas where you feel like we can still do better? Yep. To be honest, like your school with our little guy there, yeah. his instructor is so awesome. We love him so much, but that's been affirming. Mm -hmm. Like it's, he fits for the special crazy quirky child he is and no one bats an eye at us. Like, I don't feel like anybody is like, we're not that poster child when we walk in. So it's been super, super nice. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's been a lot of like a shift in our focus from trying to change a system that is which feels very noble, but is also a lot of times like holding back the ocean with a teaspoon. And instead (laughs) it has become just being very intentional about choosing spaces that already are safe, especially when it comes to our kiddos, because we can fight the battles. Like I will sometimes intentionally do a little bit of poking and prodding and and, and inciting conversations with folks that are super uncomfortable because I'm in a good place to have those type of debates, but our kids aren't like, that's not fair. And so I think we've had a lot less issues because of that intentionality. Mm-hmm. We definitely have had some issues. Our teenager at her high school, one of her teachers said they're not allowed to have any of that gay thing in the classroom. So they're not allowed to write any stories that don't have a 
male and female role model in the classroom. Wow. Um, and because it's a charter school, the district can't do anything about it. And so that's been a whole thing. Strong use of the Bible in the classroom by the same teacher as a way to say that this is unhealthy and it is her religious right to prohibit that. Refusal to use trans kids' chosen names and chosen pronouns in the classroom. Um, so we've hardcore struggled, mostly with this one particular teacher, mm -hmm. and realizing that there's some charter schools have been our saving grace on one hand because they can be a little outside of the box and there's some flexibility. On the other side, we learned the dark side of that, of that there's potentially no accountability. And no matter where we go, we hit this reality of they're like, well, we can't get any other teacher. And so you get to deal. Um, so there's there's been that mm -hmm. piece. Um, and But also we push, or I pushed. Anyway, um, <laughs> for a while the district got acutely accustomed to seeing me on a frequent basis um, of like, hey, guys, we don't get to just shuffle these things. We don't get to just lose paperwork all the time. Um, it's fine. If you lose it, then you get to meet me in person. Yay, that's fun. Um, and just, just pushing these issues of like, we got to play ball, guys. Like, um, I understand it's hard. I understand that things are hard to change. But you can't just flippantly <laughs> screw with the lives of kids. Like, ah. Um, so that's been a, an interesting learning <laughs> curve. Yes. So. Yeah, that's really frustrating. That um, is. That's incredible. How did she, how did your daughter handle that then? I mean, having experienced that, I mean, I would, I'm just curious how she. Um, it particularly was, it bothered her immediately, obviously, when that yeah. was said that you can't do this gay thing. She actually called out to the teacher and was like, excuse me, like, what is that? And she goes, I said theme. We can't do this gay theme. And she's like, okay, you're not making this any better. Um, but one of her classmates and friends was, like, passed her a note and said, I, I really don't feel good about this. I don't feel safe with this. So she, she stood up for her friend, which we were proud of, and told the teacher, hey, can my, I think the teacher kept her after class that day. Mm. And then she told her, hey, can my moms email you? And she's like, oh, yes, have your mother have your mother send me an email. She goes, moms, there's two, you know. <laughs> and she still kind of ignores that and looks over it. Yeah, and good news, I think, as far as our kiddo goes, she's very bold mm -hmm. as a human. She's very confident as a human. <clears throat> our little guy, we have to be far more careful about. Mm -hmm. Like, he needs a far more safe environment. And a teenager can tolerate a little more of external pressure and the other reality is like not that I want to like teach the kid to like <laughs> fight like have that type of aggressive posture but there's also the reality I'm like if there's enough of a problem push it to the point where you where the teacher or the principal calls me mm -hmm. like like it's not a threat to her like when they're like well we're gonna call your mom awesome like it's usually me I have a more flexible schedule Moms. yeah yeah and they they don't yep. prefer to talk to me anyway and so you know like just to have her back in that and so she knows like if she's not doing her work and she's getting a failing grade you're on your own kid like right. be responsible do your shit yeah. but if there's a adult teacher bullying yeah. kids you stand up as far as you need to and as far as you're comfortable and then turn it over to me yeah. And so I think that helps a lot too of she knows that and there's not Yeah, that there's not going to be I'm never going to say you should respect your authority. You should act in a respectful manner, yeah. but buck the authority all day if it's harming your friends. Well, I'm just so impressed like, you know, we're both educators and parents and we always talk about our kids to advocate for themselves and to 
to be upstanders and to have this kind of social awareness of things. And so, so great that she's, your daughter's ready to kind of say something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. She's a pretty badass right? kid. Yeah. 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 Once she stops being a teenager, I think she'll be a legit human <laughs> <laughs> and get through this stage. We'll be good. Yeah. We get through the hormonal ups and downs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I was listening to this podcast this morning. And on it, this guy was talking about what makes good relationships work and that it takes two people who challenge each other to grow. Uh, What are some ways that you've had to grow together? And then what are some ways you've had to grow as individuals to show up in your relationship? It's a hard question, I know. Right? The two-part question, it looks like. It's a two-parter. Grow together and grow separate. Yeah. Um, I mean, we had to become true partners. I, I had kids coming into it, so, and she's... Let's be honest, she's never wanted kids. Nope, still don't. <laughs> but here we are. She, she, she loves them, but she's like, yes, yeah, absolutely. get them out of the house. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that was a partnership we had to cultivate and kind of mm-hmm. get going because that was new. Living with children was real new. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I grew up, you know, had both parents, had a million cousins and, and things. So I was always used to having a million people in the house where she's like, just want to be alone <laughs> she said it would be great if we had two separate houses that were just connected by like a little bridge <laughs> yeah I still think that'd be spectacular <laughs> so that's hard but she does you know she has her school she has her own business she has her far more adrenaline junkie things she likes to do whereas I'm I came out of a, a bit of an abusive crap marriage and so I had to relearn who I am what I like because I was kind of locked in a box for 10 years where I wasn't allowed to be anybody so um, she's given me the almost permission so to speak I hate using that word but I I feel like I needed her to be like I still ask her things now and again and she's like why are you even asking me that just go do whatever the hell you want to like it's fine (laughs) she's like I didn't take you to raise go (laughs) Um, (laughs) but I feel like I have to get that permission so she's gotten me to open up and kind of let go of that for the for a good portion so that's been good and she's trying to figure out what she wants to be when she grows up right (laughs) or if I want to grow up yeah yeah I would agree I think the parenting part was probably the hugest part yeah I'm definitely a vagabond by nature um love to travel not have anything be the same not really interested in stable consistent anything well the bad part is i like traveling and not having things the same too but i understand i but you created yeah. small humans <laughs> yeah. she, she tells me i made poor life choices yeah yeah you know <laughs> three times <laughs> no no it's not bad three times it no it's two different oh. people i tried <laughs> yeah and then separate for me has been a lot of um yeah figuring out what i want to do what the mark i want to leave on the world looks like what that actually is Um, and being very intentional, I think for both of us, of not repeating the past, um, of learning what we learned from our families of origin and doing our utmost to not repeat unhealthy patterns and doing our utmost to not bring more trauma into a world that's already trauma-y and letting a lot of cycles end here, like with intentionality instead of like, oh, life looks like very intentionally, this ends and that ends and doing it wrong a lot of the time but doing it wrong at least with intentionality like we didn't just do it because (laughs) like we actually chose it like oh damn I should do that different next time but still great great choice there and we actually I've been married twice 
to males. <laughs> I, I tried. Um, but finding that those were kind of similar, like one very much not abusive. First one was, he's excellent, we're good friends. Like, that's kind of how, as far as that goes. Second one's a jackass, um, unfortunately. But learning those differences and then learning that talk. Like, we actually discuss things before they get super out of hand. We actually go, okay, we need to have a conversation because, you know, I'm getting frustrated, you're getting frustrated, let's figure it out. And I hadn't had that before. No yeah. offense, I was dealing with males, and that doesn't happen a lot. <laughs> Chuck's like, damn. Speak on behalf of gender. Aww. As, as the male bonehead in the room. Aww. <laughs> There's, yeah. It's, sometimes it's not... Yeah, it's not good. <laughs> it's not a whole lot of conversation. I don't think it's a gender thing. No, no I don't. Think I think so. it's a yeah. human it's thing. It's a people thing. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Very good at talking. I, I went from one who was super non-confrontational, who was like, "Do whatever you want, mm-hmm. like whatever," and we led separate lives, which was great. To one who was did you have separate houses in between? Yeah. No, but we worked separate or, hours. Yeah. So <laughs> kind of, we were never so in the house at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and communication was super important yeah. to me. And open communication and bold communication. And ironically, most of mine was with guys. Firefighters, cops, medics. Um, and those things were held in very high regard. And so, yeah, we came from very opposite ends of the expectations of what was norm. Yeah. <laughs> Is there anything that we didn't ask you that you wish we had? Well, you just gave her free reign over that. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I mean, ahead of time, we're like, hey, here's some great questions we want to know. And sometimes like... What if we don't know what we want to know? <laughs> right, right. I don't know. Because, I, I mean, I don't think our relationship is all that different from anybody. Yeah, no, I, I definitely do think there's that interesting dynamic. Because on one hand, everything's different because the entire world is cisgender and heteronormative. And I'm acutely aware of, like, our gender I mean, our language is gendered. Our, you know, like every book you read, every commercial, there's an AIDS commercial that I hate right now because everyone on it is either someone who's non-white, people from different ethnicities, or is queer in the AIDS commercial. And I'm like, ah! Like, and it just, you know, like those subtle things oh, like yeah. that you can see where our culture points. And that's never going to be... Our kids are, don't have the experience of kids that, would be in a, um, if they had normal heterosexual parents. Um, Mm. and even if they were living with a single mom, it would be a more normal experience. Like they're, they're aware of these things, even though we've created as much of a bubble as possible. So on the one hand, it's like, it's never the same because you're always the minority. And yet there's the other reality of it's almost identical in everything relational, all the Mm. day-to-day things. Like it simply doesn't you know, what gender, quote-unquote, you are identifying with doesn't change any of the normal life things. So it is, it's that weird balance of nothing's the same, and yet everything's identical. So do you have any relationship advice you would offer to other couples? Um, Especially, this is our second week that we've interviewed somebody who, you know, one partner had three kids coming into the relationship. (laughs) So... I don't know, any relationship advice about that or just any in general? Any like advice what? at all? What? Separate houses. <laughs> Separate houses. No. Separate <laughs> With a bridge. With a bridge. Right, right. Um, Communication. Yeah. Biggest biggest yeah. thing ever. I feel like past, past life, had I just said something, had something, you know, had I not just thought, 
wow, you mean that that way? And actually been open enough to be like, I don't know if I understand you correctly. Mm. I think that would have, one, it would have got me out of my situation so much sooner. True story. Um, but <laughs> it would have helped, you know, with things. Yeah. And it's our saving grace. Yeah. Yeah, I would totally agree in the communication piece. I think as far as kiddo go, kiddos go, I think the biggest thing I would say is just to like give both parties extreme amount of grace. <laughs> like give yourself an extreme amount of grace and give the bio parent an extreme amount of grace. Step parenting, I don't like that term, but for lack of other, being the non-biological parent in a relationship is really hard because you don't have the chance to provide some shaping and structuring of these humans when they're small. And so you get whatever was started and created and then you're also the total odd man out and so they already have connections and systems in place and then you're this outside force and so I think there's like I don't think I don't see it presented very often is like this just sucks and and not like as a bad thing but it just sucks and I think if people had that awareness there wouldn't be so much disillusionment like if you just went in and know this is going to be hard but it does get better um, and you can work through it and there are benefits but that, like, instead of being like, what am I doing wrong? Why do I, you know, like, even now I'll be like, you know, I'll say like, oh my God, like, I wish we never had kids, you know. And and people be like, oh my God, how can you say that? I'm like, right, because that's actually the lived and felt experience. And, and frequently people will be like, well, yeah, kind of me too, but I wouldn't say it. Like, right, well, let's say it. Like, sometimes it just sucks to have kids, you yeah, know. Yeah. And when they're your own kids, they, sometimes it sucks. And then when you're not in that huge lifestyle lifestyle shift sucks even more. Mm -hmm. And I think as the biological parent, like, I love my kids, but there are days when I'm like, oh my word, if I could <laughs> please go to a summer camp for a week. Yeah. You know, like, I, I love you, but please. <laughs> right. I told them at one point um, our, our little guy was like, I'm going to live with you forever. And she <laughs> rolled her eyes like, oh, God. It's like, you I'll know? buy you a house, bro. <laughs> and, and I will pay the bills. You move on in. <laughs> My retort was, by 18, I will make you want to leave this house. <laughs> like, I, I don't intend on making it so comfortable that you want to stay here. <laughs> I love you, but. <laughs> yeah. Same. Yeah. Well, wonderful. Well, we like to finish up our conversations with highs and lows. This is something as a family we've done for a long time. So what were the highs and lows of your week? I was given a very generous compliment and gift from my boss, which was super nice um, and took me by surprise. So that was great. Uh, low was probably actually today um, with a patient just getting diagnosed with something really nasty, super young. And just having to break that news. Oh, that's awful. That is a low. Wow. <laughs> um, I think low for me, I was put in kind of a weird spot with one of my clients that kind of put me between a rock and a hard place ethically and having to discharge a client and with some safety concerns. And when your goal is to empower folks that don't have a lot of power and the system requires you to not um that sense of lack of autonomy and the shitty system wins um was probably the low for this week the high was probably for me was today one of my friends that i haven't seen in a couple months got to meet with and she's a real world human does yoga and just very life-giving um she's also a real straight shooter and calls me on my shit and holds me accountable <laughs> and almost nobody does because 
because I angry mob, you know, um, and uh, yeah, yeah, a lot of, a lot of angst, a lot of energy there, um, and so it was awesome to see her and just feel that, feel that love and feel that passion and just the light that, that she brings was super duper healthy. She's a so, good center. She's a very good center for me. Yeah. She's good people. Yep. Courtney, any highs or lows? Uh, my high was yesterday. Uh, one of the students at the school told me he thought I was in my 20s. Nice. Um, which I have a lot of grays right now. Uh, and so that felt nice. Lows. I think Chuck and I got in a spat last night mm-hmm. about cleaning. He's cleaner than I am. Uh, <laughs> if you listen to episode one. And... I think we were both just really tired and yeah. cranky about stuff. And but I'm we, I'm more irrational though. <laughs> but we don't we don't spat, and so I think that's why that's yeah. why it was a yeah. low. Yeah. yeah. I'd also say that was a low. Yeah, just kind of came out of nowhere. Usually we communicate really well. All of a sudden it's like, how is cleaning the thing that kicks our butt right now? That's <laughs> we we've done this before. That's all done. That's yeah. So I'm not sure what happened there. I think high is. Right now. I mean, I think for a long time we've said hi at, at the school and stuff, and it's been great to get to talk to you guys and get to know you guys a little better. And High point yeah. of my week. Yeah. I was I was vain. My high point was getting yeah. in my 20s. <laughs> we by, a tw- we by a 12-year-old. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you both for awesome. Thank awesome. Yes, thank you, thank you guys. Yeah. Appreciate yep. it. Have a, great, have a great weekend.